Conscious Collaboration brings together entrepreneurs, change makers, and thought leaders. We aim to highlight the people that embody the idea of aligned mind, body, and business. Each week, we share, discuss, and learn from the various experiences and ideas of our guest experts. Through our discovery, we find a path to an aligned mind, body, and business. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Emily, and we are the Conscious Collaboration, but we have sort of an extra large collaboration uh, today. Our friend Shahar is here. Hey, Shahar. Hello. Hi, everyone. How are you doing? <laughs> and you're basically a staple on the show now, so we're going to let you take it from here. Who else you got? All right. <laughs> All right. That was very casual. I like that. Yeah, good to see you, and good to see you, Emily. Good to see you, Lisa. We have a very, very oh. special guest with me today. I am the special guest, and I have a super special guest. It's Michael. <laughs> Michael is one of my, not one, but he's the one, the first student I've ever had here in St. Pete when I started doing martial arts Tai Chi. And from day one, that guy is a ball of energy and kindness and is is the type of person that wears his heart outside of his chest and and really such a great person there's there's nothing i can say that everything i would say would pale in comparison to actually meeting the guy and we've been working a lot in martial arts we've been working a lot from his practice and he's he's a therapist that started basically from studying and working for other companies to starting his own business and really growing. And so I've, I've seen him adulting in real life and mm -hmm. every step of the way it just looks better and better. Uh, Michael, Michael, the man, say hello. Uh, hi, uh, very kind words. I appreciate that. It definitely has been uh, quite the transition and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm uh, happy that, uh, you know, you kind of helped me along that journey. So thanks for, uh, thanks for having me, everybody. Really excited to be here. Thanks for coming. Mm -hmm. Both of you. Yeah, so Shahar, you kind of hit me up in the DMs last time we had an episode uh, release, and you were like, hey, I've got an idea for um, something we can talk about on the podcast. Um, so how did that how did that start? So first of all, I always have ideas. So get ready for, <laughs> get, ready, get ready for more. Um, the idea, basically, this is something I kind of talked with Michael uh, for a while, I think re I remember having this thought in Valentine's Day about the energy of desire, the energy of will. And I've been talking in my classes a lot about how that fire and will and desire can really be something that is a strong motivator. But at the same time, it's something that can be overpowering. So it made me think about masculine energy in the world of spirituality, in the world of business and human beings and i feel that's one of the things that get tend to be neglected in a way or at least uh missed is how mask how to work properly with your masculine energy how to work properly with your ego and for clarity for anyone who is listening when i say masculine energy i don't mean men i mean every and from the perspective of tai chi everything everybody has a masculine energy level and a feminine energy level and it all depends on kind of the ratio between the two. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember we were having a chat. It was underneath one of your. Um, I think it was uh, you were talking about the the management of 
and maybe even a Qigong practice to manage your energy, right? It was, that was fire energy related on Valentine's day, right? Right, right. That was the, that was the exact video. And that was really cool. I saved that. Thank you so much for putting that that out there. That was cool. (laughs) Well, I feel that something that is missing that energy to talk about masculine energy and how, how does it look when it's balanced? How does it look imbalanced? And that's why I wanted to invite Michael because I think Michael is a great example of someone who really went through this, this rigmarole of coming with, with a lot of the water, feminine energy, and then trying to break into that fire and then from over fire, rebalance it back. So kind of go through that process that I felt I went through going up as well. And Emily, I know you've been through that plenty. And Lisa, I know you've totally. been through it as well. So, so let me ask you this, Shahar, for, for the listeners who maybe aren't as familiar with this topic and the way we're talking about masculine and feminine energy, um, you know, who might be more used to talking about that in terms of like gender roles, can you give us the cliff notes on kind of some of the main characteristics or qualities of masculine energy versus feminine energy in this context? Sure. When we talk about, like I said, we're all a mixture of different personalities, different uh, different types of, of, of our own thoughts and beliefs. And in the world of Tai Chi and the Taoists, they categorize those into what's called masculine, basically active, creative, uh, more energies that demand action. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if I get up in the morning, that would be a masculine energy. If I if I desire something, that comes from a, an active, like I want to get something, so I go and get it. So that would be a masculine energy. Mm-hmm. And feminine, the other category is the things that are reactive, like yin and yang. Yang is the active, masculine, and yin is the reactive. So if I'm listening, I'm observing, I'm cultivating that is a feminine energy. So anything creative is masculine. Everything uh, uh, contemplative, I guess, cultivative, cultivative, that is the, the feminine. So again, and the reason it's divided like that is because the, the Taoists, they observe that those masculine energies tend to be more common in men and those mm-hmm. feminine aspects tend to be more common in women, but everybody has both. Mm-hmm. Again, it's like it's like a little uh, how do you call it? Like the the balancing thing. I forgot mm-hmm. the the name for it. Like like a scale. Yeah, like a scale. So it depends on mm-hmm. if your masculine is very high, it might affect your feminine. If your feminine is very high, it can affect your masculine. Yeah. Very cool. Thank you. Yeah. So tell us too, what is your experience? Now we were doing our normal pre-chat and um, divining of the Yijing. So Michael, what has been your experience? Um, Shahar alluded to a lot of growth and transformation in these areas, but as of recent, what has been your, one of your biggest uh, takeaways or lessons or moments of teaching? Well, you know, when I first found, uh, you know, Shahar and uh, in his classes, you know, I was kind of in a space where <clears throat> I was really trying to figure a lot of different things out. Um, you know, I was kind of I was working, still working in the mental health uh, field, but, uh, you know, was working uh, not necessarily as a therapist, kind of more behind the scenes, really felt like a lot of things were kind of out of alignment. 
Um, but then after meeting Shahar, you know, kind of really attending class, uh, you know, the practice, things along those lines, it kind of started, uh, you know, especially a lot of the lessons that come along with it, you know, really kind of started to spark a little bit of that fire energy and kind of further down that line, you know, I eventually did go back to school, finish all my, uh, finish all my degrees and made that jump into kind of the private practice therapy realm. And then I needed that fire, right? I mean, then I needed to start getting clients, you know, I wasn't tied to, you know, a specific paycheck or anything like that. Like it really demanded a lot of that. And, uh, you know, so it was uh, definitely a learning process, um, you know, and continues to be, right? Um, you know, when you run into certain barriers and, uh, you know, how do you still cultivate that momentum forward? Um, you know, so it's a, it's a constant thing for sure, but, you know, it definitely reaps a lot of rewards, so. By, by the way, something I, I, I don't think we've mentioned, but the classes that I taught that Michael joined was the martial arts Tai Chi, which is one of the reasons that really, I think this is what makes it unique because I grew up with martial arts always been an aspect of my life. So I think one of the few, if not only, practices that emphasize masculine energy as a path towards spirituality is the world of martial arts. A lot of people go into it. It's a lot of... Uh, tend to be a lot of men with a lot of anger, with a lot of pent up energy. And, you know, their parents go like, okay, you're crazy. Go there, punch as much as you can and chill. And I see a lot of people who are, as a martial artist, they are dangerous in a way. They become a, you become a dangerous being, but from that danger, you become more aware and more careful because, because you face challenges because you face fears and this is where masculine energy really comes out is we start facing our fears because that that's what it is it's very easy to be confident and to be ambitious once you hit until you hit the first uh, objection when when you are a martial artist until you get hit in the face right mike tyson mm -hmm. said that everybody everybody comes in with a plan until they get punched in the head and mm -hmm. and that <laughs> is true as a business owner it's very romantic to have the idea, oh, I'm going to go and I'm going to teach and I'm going to be, I'm going to be my own boss until you actually need to be your own boss, start dealing mm -hmm. with logistics, dealing with everything, be on top of everything and, and manage people. Suddenly you need to become the person who, who takes that leading role. So in martial arts, that shows a lot, right? You can't fake being good at martial arts unless you're Steven Seagal, but, <laughs> but that's a whole different level of skills, but. But you can't fake that because once you go out to the ring, once you show up and if the person is better, everybody knows. And you have to deal with that, that punch to the ego in a way that, oh, I'm not good as I thought I was. And every time you keep showing up and you keep showing up, so you become braver. You're not as afraid to deal with that fear. So you become, in a way, dangerous but at the same time, more docile, right? Mm -hmm. Because aggression comes from fear, not from confidence. Mm -hmm. When you're afraid to be hurt, you become aggressive. Like you see that in dogs. When dogs are afraid, they'll bark, they bite, they become aggressive. But they're confident. You see those attack dogs, they just focus like that. They become like laser focused and ready to pounce, but they're quiet. So that's the difference. And that's something that I feel is... Sorry, that's my last sentence. I know it's a tangent, but, <laughs> but uh, that's what I feel is really missing in the world of spirituality from yoga, 
uh, at least from the modern day yoga is that is not addressed the idea of become dangerous so you are not dangerous in a way and it's funny that you mentioned that shahar because i felt like i came at it from the opposite angle right i came in very passive i had to learn how to be you know active i had to learn how to kind of spark that fire energy and i know we kind of mentioned before you know kind of in the pre-chat but you know the idea of kind of that teacher complex that shahar talks about a lot you know when i first came to you know start and when i finally you know uh got brave enough to to you know put on the gloves and actually face shahar you know in the ring if you will you know i knew going into it that no matter what i was going to do he was going to have something to come back at me i knew i was going to get hit over and over and over again and it was very intimidating so I found myself retreating a lot you know the more I expected it the more I kind of tried to avoid it but the more I tried to avoid it the more I would get hit right and so later you know as I kind of started to grow and when I did kind of make the jump into okay well let me try to you know start this private practice realm of you know therapy and things like that I noticed that kind of naturally flow into my practice as well. Now I started to not really care about the barriers. I didn't really care about getting hit. I had that momentum. I was focusing more. I wanted to get towards that further development, further goal. And whatever barriers were coming my way, I felt that kind of more of that bravery from cultivating a lot of that masculine energy. So I just thought it was uh, interesting, Shahar, talking about, you know, a lot of people come in, you know, kind of very active and need to learn passive. Uh, it was complete opposite thing. I came in very passive. I needed to learn how to be active, if you will. <laughs> well, it sounds to me like um. I mean, we're we're looking at ends of a spectrum here. And if you're on either end of any spectrum, in my opinion, but so we're talking about masculine energy, whether you're on the imbalanced end of too much masculine energy, you're angry and aggressive and destructive in ways that are not productive to anyone, or you're, you know, uh, on the lower expression of masculine energy and you're more passive either way what we're talking about is martial arts as a tool to rebalance those scales and and you know get it back to an expression that's really more authentic to the person right i think that was beautifully put emily and uh michael and (laughs) and michael i think he also made a great point about that transition like that balance is really the key component here is when you have that's why it's not just about men learning how to how to refine or to cultivate their own fire but it's also about uh for example women except especially women in business the tendency is to be overly feminine energy so that tendency tends to show up as I'm afraid to put myself out there. I want to take care of of everybody around me before I go out and start doing things. I want to make sure the business is ready. I want to make sure everything is ready to receive. I want to, instead of just going and get the students, instead of going and get the clients and then fixing things as you go. So the tendency for over feminine energy is to slow you down to a halt until you're ready to receive, but that slows you down a lot. That can actually burn away not burn but but suffocate your internal flame so it really both both and ends are dangerous on the opposite end of that spectrum as well and so, and i definitely do I, like i can relate to um situa- situationally um feeling like maybe a little nervous to put myself out there in certain ways but I think 
if you're a woman who starts a business, um, you've, you've kind of in a way, um, you're already kind of towards the other end of the spectrum just by taking those steps and doing the necessary things to even, to even start this business, you're already by necessity in that strong in that masculine energy. And we've talked about this on other episodes as well. Um, that Lisa and I in particular have to actually consciously tell ourselves to, okay, let's be in receiving mode for, for a minute. We've been go, 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 you know, for months here. And now it's, it's time to actually pause and let some of those seeds that, that we've planted start to start to harvest, start to come in. So we can we can be on the tendency of over masculine energy as well. And then we've talked a lot about how that shows up in our personal lives, where we get so used to being the decision maker, um, taking the action, making the forward progress that we kind of just do it. You know, we'll start to do it in, for example, our dating lives. And then that throws everything off kilter. Um, as far as like a, like a healthy dynamic for, for outside relationships and things like that. So definitely, um, I mean, but the idea of balance keeps coming back like that. That's what we should strive for, not to be the most masculine person ever or the most feminine person ever, but like find the balance with, you know, and you're going to express a little more one or the other, but Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that brings up, uh, you know, one of Shahar's great lessons about that campfire imagery, you know, uh, yes. you know if, we, if we feel, you know, kind of that, uh, that, that over masculine energy, that, that very active, uh, you know, fire energy, if you will, it's just as important to kind of ground it, you know, with, uh, with an earth energy, right, you know, kind of still mm-hmm. maintaining that presence along the way, because if you have that fire that's out of control, that's untamed, you know, like you can burn a lot of things down over in the forest down, right, but to kind of match that with that earth energy, I mean, just again, that, that campfire imagery, now you've kind of got that tamed, cultivated fire, um, you know, to still have that ambition while still kind of keeping that balance, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. The perfect controlled fire that is functional and valuable to everybody around it. And it's stronger. That's the thing. A wildfire, as destructive mm-hmm. as it is, mm. it's not as strong as a concentrated fire that can take a rocket mm-hmm. into space. It becomes more useful, stronger more effective, more efficient as a human being when you know how to cultivate the fire rather than just letting it burn, right? There's, there's a certain illusion and aggression of power. When you feel aggressive, you might have the, the, the temporary feeling of dominance over someone who you crush or destroy. Even destroying yourself. Sometimes I can destroy myself and feel mm. very dominant. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's so messed up. Self-sabotage. Right. And it's delusional, right? People do mm-hmm. that a lot. They they self-sabotage themselves and it gives you comfort of dominance. That, hmm. but it's but it's not real, it's not real dominate dominant energy. And when I say dominant, not to dominate, but dominant means to be a strong presence, to be like a lighthouse that is is tall and it's it's a strong light that can invite people in because mm-hmm. you want a strong leader and a weak leader always breeds chaos 
around us. Mm. And pain, and that's where that's when always the aggression comes when when in your family, in your businesses, when your fire is so weak that everybody gets lost around it. So as a leader, as a masculine energy that holds a space, if it's a therapist like Michael or Emily that you're holding uh, the studio and Lisa with your own business and everything you're doing together, if your fire is weak, just chaos will start corralling around you. And I like that idea, especially kind of on a smaller scale as well as, you know, especially in doing therapy, uh, you know, it's, 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 it, you know, that, that balance is just as important. I wouldn't be a very good therapist if you came in and said, you know, I'm feeling a certain way. And then I just sat there and didn't say anything, you know, just waiting for that energy to come. But it just as equally, if you came down and said, Hey, I'm feeling a certain way. And then I just started firing off intervention after intervention, after mm-hmm. intervention going, Hey, one of these will work. Right. I mean, it's still all about that balance. I'm, I'm listening. I, I'm trying to get to know you. I'm trying to get to know your story. I'm trying to get to know what's going to work for you, but also still kind of incorporating some of that knowledge that I have in order to try to usher things along the way. So even just in that smaller scale, that yin and yang of conversation, if you will, it's very important to kind of find that balance because that that really is what kind of opens up some of those pathways of further communication. So, so I wait, love... wait, wait, Michael, so you're telling me when you do therapy, you don't just slap them in the head, shake them like, you know, like get out of it, get over it already. Not yet. He, he is a therapist. <laughs> I love the, um, I love the visuals and the analogies that talking about things in terms of the elements can provide for us. Do you, Michael, utilize that in your therapy? And do you find that people it resonates with people? Oh, yes. I use it all the time. In fact, I'll even tell some people, uh, you know, when they first sit down, you know, that I'm, I'm not as typical therapist. I mean, I come in, I have my tattoos, I have my bracelets, everything like that. I mean, I'm very, mm-hmm. I, I'm all about just helping, you know, kind of really reinforce the fact that, I mean, we're just two people trying to figure some stuff out together, you know? Yep. So I'll be yeah. completely transparent about, you know, Hey, uh, I think it's even on the bios on the, on the websites for the practices that I'm out of. Um, you know, I do incorporate a lot of these lessons, um, you know, that I learned through the, the Eastern arts, uh, through Shahar's classes, things along those lines and kind of bring it into uh, some of the therapeutic settings, especially um, element work. Uh, you know, I'll even I'll, I'll even regurgitate, you know, the same uh, the same lecture that Shahar has about that campfire and things like that. I mm-hmm. use it over and, over and over again. It's just such a good visualization. And I, I have noticed that, um, you know, even those that come in that don't really have experience in a lot of that knowledge, you know, kind of using that mindfulness practice and bringing it down to the idea of those elements and what they mean and what they look like when they're out of balance and things along those lines. It really kind of adds more of a, more of a perception. A lot of people kind of walk away saying, wow, that's, and nobody's ever explained elements to me that way, but it really works, you know, and then they'll come back mm-hmm. and I've seen a lot of really good results of incorporating a lot of those lessons and a lot of that imagery in, uh, in the things that I do in the professional world for sure. At the Conscious Collaboration Podcast, we are proud affiliates of Atapa medical grade red light therapy devices. Red light therapy boasts a long list of clinically proven benefits, many that I and many of my clients have experienced firsthand. You can be sure that you'll be able to train harder, recover faster, and sleep better with Atapa red light therapy. Visit myatapa.com 
M-Y-A-T-A-P-A.com or use the link in our Instagram bio to shop with the code collab15, that's C-O-L-L-A-B-15 for a discount on your device. You've worked with kids in different settings too? I've worked uh, with a little bit of a little bit of everything, actually. A little bit of everything, yeah. Yeah, a little bit of everything. Yeah, I feel like that would be really, like that would resonate with kids really well too. You know, mm-hmm. being able to visualize a concept like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I work with couples. I work with individuals. I have a mm-hmm. couple teenagers, and uh, you know, it, it definitely yields uh, you know good results in in, in any cool. capacity. But uh, I mean, you're right, definitely. Uh, you know, with the younger crowd, they attach to it. Uh, you know, attach mm-hmm. to it as well. So mm-hmm. cool. So we were talking a lot about um, how we, as entrepreneurs, as just people out in the world, how we, uh, how we act or how we react in the face of fear and obstacles. And, um, you know, there's, I, I imagine, you know, there, get, there comes to a point in your practice of Tai Chi where things are, uh, or, um, or Tai Chi or any, uh, any of the martial arts that you get into where you really get to a place where you're slowing down and you're thinking more of a place of, uh, of strategy and from within rather than um, that combustibility that you guys are talking about. So that explosive combustibility, that, that comfort in that, um, that dominance and overpowering is only going to get you so far. It's not sustainable. So what, yeah. What, what are your thoughts on like, how, how do you get to that place? I mean, it, it only takes so many times of getting punched in the face um, <laughs> before you get to that place, but um, get punched is- in the face and then go to therapy. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we got you covered on both ends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bas- basically my thought of that and my wife hates that I say this sentence, but, <laughs> but <laughs> I like it. I don't know why I just like it. And because I think as a martial artist, I understand its value is I always say there's time to be stupid and there's times to be smart. Don't be smart when you need to be stupid and don't be stupid when you need to be smart. And I well, love that. <laughs> Katie, Katie doesn't like it because I always say that about myself. She goes, I never married a stupid person. Stop so stupid. <laughs> but you can be stupid and not be stupid. You right, can act right. well, stupid. As a martial, and this is something that I think is unique to martial arts because martial artists know to a point when it's time to just be stupid. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just need to step up there and go through that loss. You know, this is something, funny enough, this is something that a lot of uh, men learn because in, in our culture, when it comes to when you're looking for a romantic partner, a lot of it, a lot of it is you need to get out of your comfort zone and approach someone new, a stranger. That's weird. That's a weird thing to do. And that, that was took me a long time to understand that. And those who are very successful in that is people who got rejected the most. Mm, the people yeah. get because you go through it and there's nothing you can do about it. You're gonna get rejected, you're gonna get punched in the head, you're gonna go into your business and maybe the business is not gonna succeed. That those things will happen. So in order to become braver facing that, yeah, no, you can't, there's no therapy you can do pre before. There's nothing you can do before except the experience of surviving that experience. Yeah. And, and that's the time to be stupid. And that's the time where you need to just step out there 
And if you know the person is in front of you is much stronger than you, much better. I had that experience. I, I spar every, every Friday and every Sunday. Sometimes I face someone who I know are going to kick my butt. But I say, I'm going to give them a good fight. I'm not about winning, but I'm going to give them a good fight. I'm working on something specific that I want to get better at. And that's it. I don't think of anything else. And that's the time to be stupid, to expose yourself to danger in a way. Mm-hmm. Then from that, learn and cultivate that energy. I like to use the analogy or the metaphor. I, I can never tell the difference between the two. One, one of these days, someone will ex- explain that to me. But the metaphor of a fireman or a firefighter facing a big fire in front of them. Who is a good firefighter? Someone who walks around and just asks help for anyone or for anything or something or reaching out for help? Or to someone that stands in front of that fire and says, ah, oh, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Forget about this fire. Or someone who actually takes action to deal with it. A good firefighter is someone that is, tries to contain the space and deal with the problem. So they're facing that fear. Now, firefighters are afraid of fire. They're afraid when they step out. It's dangerous, right? They, like a police officer, when they show up, they're facing something dangerous. If you're not afraid, you're stupid. That's not mm-hmm. good. You shouldn't not be afraid. Okay, fear is something natural to us. And this is something where I feel a lot of uh, people are who approach masculine energy. That's what stops them. That's mm-hmm. the thing that they're, oh, fear. I shouldn't mm-hmm. feel it. I don't like it. I don't like that feeling. But fear is a good thing. Mm-hmm. But you, every time you show up as a firefighter and as a police officer, you become a little braver every time you face that fear, fear of death, fear of loss, fear of, of being of failure. So you become braver each and every time. And then ironically enough, the more you're afraid, the more you'll get hurt of it. The less you're afraid, the less mm-hmm. you're going to get hurt. So the more you put mm-hmm. yourself in danger, the less likely you get to hurt, to be hurt. And the less you put yourself in danger, the more likely you will be because you're softening yourself you're making yourself vulnerable to the elements right so. that's immune that's our immune system you know this well mm-hmm. Emily. exactly our, exactly too much barriering too much sanitizing is right. a very bad thing at the same mm-hmm. time don't go and jump into uh, right don't like lick somebody's <laughs> face and then cough on them. like don't do dumb Hey, you know. each, each to their own, Emily. Don't judge. I mean, what you do with consent behind closed doors is none of my business. But <laughs> All right. Don't, don't, don't step into the Don't look a stranger my... in the face right. and, and pop on them. That's right. not a good don't, don't don't step do into a Don't step into a cage with Mike Tyson in your first fight. Like, that's not a good idea. <laughs> right. We learn a lot, though. We learn or a lot. Ever, <laughs> ever, maybe with Mike Tyson in particular. Right. But so, so like fear in some sense isn't like a lot of people fear fear what you're describing, mm-hmm. but really mm-hmm. like fear is kind of more of an indication that you might be on the on a good path to, mm-hmm. to learning or acquiring something. Um, and, underst- and understanding fear, understanding fear, and uh, I think is something that Michael alluded to in the beginning is how he approached that fear and fear of what the fear of failure when we sparred. And every time you show that, it's like, that fear is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's okay to be afraid, but it doesn't have to define who you are. And that's something you can only learn by showing up again and again. And that, that's the time to be stupid, to show up, 
The time to be smart is after you showed up, cultivate. That's the feminine energy. Be smart when it's feminine energy. Be stupid when it's the masculine energy. That's I, I love the word, like, I love the word for the, for the phrase because it's, it's catchy and it, and it resonates and it makes sense. But maybe, like, uh, you know, maybe you reframe it from being stupid because it's really, in the macro sense, is a smart choice <laughs> that you're making to be stupid. But maybe it's more like, the fool card in tarot where you're taking a leap of faith, but right. a calculate a calculated risk. I think of stupidity as simplicity. That's how I see it. Mm. It's not complexing things, keeping mm-hmm. things very simple. That's why how I associate stupid. Mm-hmm. It's someone that doesn't complex thoughts. It's simplifying. Yeah. It feels very like I was thinking the whole time you were talking of instinctual. So it's yeah. like mm-hmm. what, like what we're born with and how we're primal. Yeah. How we mm-hmm. would react without our, our head getting in all the way. Well, it's funny. I, I love the, uh, the idea of, uh, of stupid, if you will, you know, working with uh, my, my clinical advisor, you know, and, uh, you know, when we discuss some of the interventions and things in therapy, sometimes they'll tell me, is like, well, you need to be more stupid, right? You need to listen. <laughs> you, need to, you need, he was like, sometimes you just got to dumb it down, right? You know, as soon as you think, you know, the answer, right? You know, as soon as you think that, you know, what's good. I mean, really kind of slowing yourself down and really kind of dumbing it down just a little bit to try to learn a little bit more, right? And really understand completely what's, you know, understand what's in front of you, rather than kind of jumping to those conclusions conclusions and uh and you know and thinking that you know everything right off the bat if you will yeah little wayne has a line that if we're too stupid then y'all don't get the basics so (laughs) and if you skip over the basics then it doesn't matter how smart and complex your ideas are that applies to medicine too like you know you can analyze the most complex numbers and blood gases and everything else but if you're not if you're not looking at the basics first, yeah. then you're just going to be too smart for your own good kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's a good point. And I think uh, I forgot, maybe I'm remembering one, so don't quote me on that. Uh, I think it was Mark Twain, I think, the writer or something that... Little Wayne and Mark Twain. Um, <laughs> hey, oh my God, yes. Our, our uh, wide literary taste. Right. <laughs> he said there's certain... St- there's certain stupidity that only the highest intellectuals can reach. <laughs> mm. and, I, and I think that's a, a good okay. point. Like okay, Mark you, Twain. when you become so smart that you're stupid again, or you're so high in your black belt that you turn back to a white belt. And mm. I think there's time to be, to be humble and to learn and to allow energy to receive. That's the feminine. And there's times to, take your own space and hold that space. Because if you see an opening, you have to take it and not wait. And because the more, I think there was when I was in the army, there was someone who said, just said it really well. He talked about jogging and he said, once you have the thought to jog, go jog. Because the more you think about it, the more reasons not to do it will show You'll up. Not to do, yeah. Right. I think that applies to just about anything. Right. You know, if you think about getting on a plane too much, you'll be like, why the hell would I do that? Or even getting in a car. Like, why would anybody do that? (laughs) Right. And I think Mm -hmm. uh, at the same time, not being impulsive. That's the other side of it is the impulsivity, aggression. It all depends where it's root. And I think in order to balance your fire in a good way or a positive way is is to work the root work your confidence and work your own self-worth. 
yeah. that's that's where everything will come out. So you need to be also aware enough, your earth element, your feminine energy, aware enough of your own your own limitations and your own thoughts and aware aware of your body and start cultivating that flame like little sparks. And from that source, if you are confident and willful and that's where the fire needs to come. And if it's coming from fear of losing an aggression, then you know that fear, that fire is not going to be that strong. All right. Th- those are the fuels. Oh, that makes sense that that wasn't just jibber jabber. Totally yeah. makes sense. Um, what? Cause there are some people who are just probably never likely to open themselves up to martial arts. So what are some other ways that people can cultivate and understand a better balance of masculine and feminine energies. Well, kind of going off of what Shahar just said there, because I, I really like that imagery of kind of working with, you know, kind of the root of things, right? You know, really kind of turning your intention inward to kind of understand where a lot of these things come from. <clears throat> uh, things like, you know, uh, I find in my practice, you know, uh, things like uh, anxiety, depression, things along those lines aren't usually just the problem themselves. They're usually the symptom of a deeper problem, right? You know, and that's when you kind of explore a little bit more of, well, where is all of this coming from, right? Is it coming from, you know, a place of trauma, right? Is it coming from a place of, uh, you know, needing to develop? Is it, you know, like where, where are these symptoms kind of coming from? So really kind of turning that intention inward to kind of analyze yourself and really try to dig down and drill down as deep as you can to kind of understand what needs to be nurtured and what needs to be taken care of. And then seeing those benefits kind of manifest throughout the rest of your interactions. My thought, I think that's a great point, Michael. I guess my thought, which as biased as it is, and I think I talked with uh, Dana, we talked about this actually on the last Saturday, that I think one of the reasons that Tai Chi, martial arts, yoga are ahead of the curve when it comes to dealing with mental issues is because they are doing something that we in the West forgot is the importance of a healthy body relationship with the mind. In the mm-hmm. West, we in the West we kind of came to this uh, we we came to this belief, and it's kind of ingrained there that we can intellectualize anything as long as it's in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. You can see it in hospitals, right? The whole point is, if I can get a proper, if I can take care of 200, 300 people in one go, if I just isolate everyone into the the specific vacuum, put them in a bed, don't let them run around, and just you know deal with things as they go. So the same thing, I think for us when it comes to mental issues or dealing with our own aggression fears, we think we can intellectualize it. We can just say Mm -hmm. something to ourselves. Mm -hmm. But what they understood back then is that you cannot take away the body away from it. You need to have a healthy relationship with your body. You have to expose yourself to fear and see where it's manifesting in your body. Because if you just try to intellectualize fear, it's not... You can't solve the problem from the from its source, from the thing that created mm-hmm. the problem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you actually have to get out of what created the problem in order to start solving it. And the w- way is through the body. So if my mind is creating anxiety, fear, uh, feeling of un- unworthiness, I have to go into my body and see where it's manifesting. Mm-hmm. Is it in my lungs? Is it in my heart? Is it in my chest? Where am I feeling it in the moment? 
So I actually have to expose myself to these troublesome thoughts, feel them in my body, and then start working through them like that with relaxation, with breathing, maybe through martial arts, right? Michael, you described it beautifully. There's no drill in this world. There's no exercise in this world that would have done the same effect as you just simply standing in front of me and getting punched in the head in a way. But that that covered a distance of a of hundred miles that intellectualizing would never, mm-hmm. or at least will take mm-hmm. a thousand years or a thousand miles. There's something about that physical interaction mm-hmm. that can really create, like, that can save you from your own self-worth. So you can talk about your self-worth for ages, but if you actually go out and let's say you're a young man and you're afraid of approaching women, for example, you go out and you talk and get rejected and then you do it again and get rejected and then you do it again and then you do it again and do your work and then do it again, do your work, do it again. You'll have a higher level of self-worth. Totally. By doing that, than trying to constantly talk about it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think that you're touching on a really interesting subject there, Shahar, and, and really the understanding that, you know, thoughts and feelings are different from one another, right? A lot of people think that, you know, mm. we're thinking machines that feel, but we're really feeling machines that think, right? I mean, mm. sometimes when I talk to clients and I ask, you know, like, well, yeah. well how does it make you feel? You know, the response will sometimes will be like, you know, well, I feel like, uh, you know, that really meant this. And I was like, no, 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 no. separate that, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's a thought, right? Manifest mm-hmm. down to a feeling, really drill down to what that feeling is, right? And uh, again, as Shahar said, you know, where is it, where is it manifesting, right? And it kind of gives us that difference of, well, here's a thought, you know, but we can't intellectually think our way out of a feeling, right? We have to cater that feeling as well. And that kind of brings it down to the classic triangle thoughts, feelings, behaviors, you know? So how do we kind of work that all together to kind of change something in that equation to, you know, kind of uh, manifest the whole. Do you think that there's a pretty large element of um, men or strong masculines believing that feelings or emotions are weakness or non-masculine in nature, even though say rage is actually (laughs) a feeling, right? right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I run into that a lot. Uh, I, I find that um, it's actually pretty common. People that walk into the office for the first time are very intimidated. They don't know what they're getting into, right? A lot of past generations, a lot of, uh, you know, people growing up were taught to just kind of walk it off, right? You know, your feelings mm-hmm. mean weakness, uh, things along those lines, right? Uh, people come into therapy thinking, you know, I'm going to sit there in a chair with a notebook and simply just ask how you feel all day long, right? You know, mm-hmm. but as they kind of open themselves up, and especially now that mental health and therapy is becoming less stigmatized, right? You know, it's really encouraging a lot of people to kind of do some more of that. Let's turn inward and let's kind of be vulnerable and open up a little bit. And I, you know, it's, it's, I I always feel good when uh, somebody kind of, you know, comes in not knowing what to expect and, you know, is a little shaky and, you know, they leave the office and we're high-fiving and laughing, you know, so it's, it's a great time to, it's a great experience to kind of see that transition of, um, you know, I feel, I feel vulnerable. I feel weak just showing up but then leaving understanding, wow, this could be a really good experience. One of my favorite YouTubers who gives me a lot of my life lessons um, always talks about how, uh, and he's talking about it in the context of like love relationships, but I think this can apply to anything, but how, you know, people view vulnerability as weakness. He says, but actually being vulnerable opens up your options 
infinitely versus refusing to be vulnerable where you you limit yourself to this tiny little one track world almost well vulnerability connects us all right uh, there was a you know an interesting quote that i saw a while ago about you know well you know how did the world you know kind of cope with you know anxiety depression things along those lines before therapists existed right i mean those things mm-hmm. are always been around right and it came down mm-hmm. to you know uh movement and community right you know surrounding yourself with individuals that can really uh, boost you up in a positive way so i mean really mm-hmm. promoting that vulnerability to increase that connection to really everybody i think you're hitting the nail on the head i mean it just opens up so many different pathways if we're willing to just uh face that fear of being open and actually taking that action there's something i would like to to add to that if you don't mind because i i would like to approach this thought from uh from a different place actually because i had this kind of epiphany as we were talking about it one of the reasons because we need to understand why why that attitude which wasn't just for men but also for women in the past ages was don't express your feelings like that don't dress your feelings mm-hmm. we we have this tendency of like oh just oh that was they were stupid for thinking that way like now we're so much smarter than them even though they live much harder lives than us and went through much more challenges we're smart they're stupid so we tend to kind of neglect that part but i think it's important to understand why that came to be right there's a certain aspect of survivability and back then i think the biggest difference it wasn't that necessary michael you said that beautifully it's not necessarily the that they needed to express themselves so they had the communities it's because they had a focus and that clarity and understanding what is their role in this world and when they show up and a lot of men i feel and a lot of women who have emotions and are afraid of dealing with their emotions because a lot of the time they don't understand what is the purpose of dealing with that why should i face my fear mm-hmm. what is my purpose why why shouldn't i be that image of a strong guy because if i let go of that image what am i all right i'm i'm opening up something that i don't know what it is and that that feeling of is that that is scarier people are mostly afraid of of losing the image of they have of themselves that's the biggest fear of every human on this planet pretty much and every yogi talk about it, every taoist philosophy almost every philosophy talk about it. it's losing that image of who mm-hmm. i am and if i open up my feelings i don't know what's going to come up and i don't know know who i am so i'm afraid of showing that up so i think that is the core so we uh, in order to we in a way we're afraid of masculine energy so we go so far into the extreme of it so what i think is the best remedy in my opinion is to get that clarity of why i should open up why should i express feelings and what is the purpose of them because again back then they had that answer was pretty clear you shouldn't burden your your family with your own feelings you need to go out and get food you need to get stuff for survivability you need to go to war you need to live or for them i need to take care of this baby so they don't die out of starvation 
or disease. Well, so, yeah, Wim Hof talks talk. about that too. Uh, when he talks about you know being in the in the cold and you're in that lizard brain, and anxiety doesn't exist when you're in survival mode. Exactly, hundred mm-hmm. percent. And and I think the main issue is the clarity. A lot of men don't understand why they need to do that. And what is the value? That's why I think martial arts, uh, that's why the physical is so important because it bridges that gap. Because you show up, when you're a martial artist, you know why, you're sh- why you show up every time. And then when mm-hmm. the more you show up, that anxiety, that fear, that self-worth start dissipating without you even knowing you're dissipating it. Mm-hmm. You become braver, you become stronger, your self-esteem gets better, and you don't even know why. When you're in a stable, healthy relationship, right? Michael, uh, I've known you when you met your wife right now. Mm-hmm. When, as you grew up together, your own self-worth grew because you had Sophia. Mm-hmm. And it's not something you worked on. You just were a great boyfriend. And that helped you in return. So the intellect- intellectualization of those feelings sometimes can be the blockage to 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 overcoming or letting them through in a way Mm -hmm. that makes sense totally i think it's really interesting that we're talking about masculinity and vulnerability so much i wasn't expecting us to go into um in so much depth in this but there's so much power um you can be vulnerable and that takes a great amount of bravery um, and that allows you to grow, but I wasn't expecting us to talk about the, the superpower of vulnerability as it relates to yeah. masculinity, because it seems to be, that's like something we talk about in feminine culture, but you just twist it. I don't think vulnerable vulnerability is inherently feminine though. Do you, no. cause you no. have to, be, I mean, to go out, to go to war, right? You have to be vulnerable. You are, I mean, obviously you're doing certain things and using weapons and barriers to make yourself less literally physically vulnerable, but you are, I mean, it's more like one of the greatest acts of vulnerability that you can. Right. It's the vulnerability is like the equilibrium that connects the masculine. But you guys just like blew blew my mind (laughs) in in talking about this. Like, Um, You know, when we're talking about feminine energy and emotions, we tend to think a lot about, you know, it's Pisces season. So we think about watery and like, oh, water, emotion and water, um, you know, can douse and put out fire. Right. Um, But this is, you know. But all emotions are not water water because you can also control them. As you're saying, you're refining the fire, but you can also refine um, you can refine your water as well in that sense. It's more like deep, like if you think of water as in like deep, dark depths of your inner self versus, um, you know, out of control emotions that are drowning you. It's more rather like, who are you? Re- you know, who are you really? What is your path to authenticity? I don't know. You guys, I'm really impressed because I was ready to show up and be like, hey, I've been working so hard on my owning my femininity and my business. And I do a lot of talking about like less doing and more receiving and less, um, you know, uh, less being aggressive in, in showing up. Um, and I think there is that balance too, as we're talking about owning our businesses and showing up in sales, for example, or, or negotiations. Um, but now thinking about it with like 
a martial arts perspective, um, there's there's even more more potential. I think yeah. it's a huge matter of self-awareness and just like understanding where you are in the moment and what you need to cultivate more of to achieve what you're trying to achieve yeah, in that point, moment. It's situational too. The point of vulnerability. And I think that's a great point you made there, Emily. On the point of vulnerability, there is something, you can be vulnerable with masculine and feminine energy as well. And with feminine energy, vulnerability can also come, vulnerability can be a negative and a positive, right? There's the, the name of the game here is really balance and the way it works. If I'm overly masculine energy, I'm putting myself in vulnerable situations, but guess what? You can get really hurt and hurt bad. If you go out all the time and, and if you take the most dangerous roles, you might get hurt, you might die. All right. This is a real thing. Like you go to war, you might die. That's a serious risk. When you put your money into a business, you might lose all your money and be poor forever in the theory. Right. That's a real risk. And uh, the extreme feminine energy of vulnerability is you have to allow someone to let come in into your space. Mm -hmm. And but if you are not uh, if you don't know how to discriminate and you just Whoever will take me, you might mm -hmm. be inviting a, a demon into your own space. No boundaries. You, you have to have boundaries with your vulnerability. Yeah, exactly. And, and that boundaries can only manifest if you know yourself. And mm -hmm. that's why you have to put yourself in small, vulnerable situations all the time. And you have to expose yourself to a vulnerable situation, but with the awareness of where you are, your earth, that masculine is just as important as the feminine in this place. Mm -hmm. Because if you shun yourself from everything, you're never exposed. So when you do open, you might letting in demons in that you've never seen before. Mm -hmm. And fire, if you've never exposed yourself, and then you go to war, which happens to a lot of young men who have never seen any kind, anything remotely like war, and then they show the war, they come back with post-trauma. And I've seen that so many times. Yeah. People go and just lose their mind. Totally. And so you have to learn to expose yourself and you have to learn to cultivate yourself. Mm -hmm. And both are super, super important. And I feel that's why I'm happy we get to talk about the masculine part of it, because I think that tends to be neglected. Yeah. And especially when you're talking about boundaries as well, I would say that this is very common. You know, when I work with somebody that, you know, really needs to focus on their boundaries, it does come from a lack of self-awareness of like what is okay for me what is not okay for me and you know mm. when you do put that too much energy into somebody else to do that um it's very easy to you know end up like in an abusive relationship or something along those lines you're putting too much power on somebody else to define what your boundaries are without that own you know kind of piece of self-awareness and exposure to understand well no like this is what's not okay and it's one thing to create the boundary but enforcing it you know takes its own you know level of motivation as well they can be fear and just even enforcing your boundary but, but that's just as important and it does come exactly like what Char's talking about that that awareness of who am I what is my identity what is okay and not okay for me and how far am I willing to enforce that mm -hmm. love it preach preach <laughs> so hi like so if hard, we were to leave everybody with um some of our best insights that we've gleaned from coming together in this Love episode. It. 
Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the gold nuggets that maybe, maybe some of them have been brewing and we haven't voiced them yet, but as it relates to really owning our masculinity. Give me a call. I got openings. No. (laughs) (laughs) Go to therapy. Go to therapy. Yeah. And like thinking about it in terms of like really, you know, personal lives and how that's intertwined or, um, you know, or not with our, with our business lives as entrepreneurs. I would say my insight would be um, allow fear, like make peace with fear. That's the, I think the best point I can make is understand your fear, make peace with it. So you can go out and expose yourself and actually make fear your friend. And then you understand that it's not your enemy, it's your best friend. And that is the essence of fueling your fire. That every time you come back, you see you survive. And then you cultivate and fuel that flame. You're allowed to be ambitious. You're allowed to be driven. And you're allowed to be afraid of it. Okay, but mm-hmm. they don't have to define you. Your, ambitious, your ambition doesn't have to define you. And your fear doesn't have to define you. Mm-hmm. They're just tools in your belt. Love it. I love that. Yeah. And I like what you said too. I don't know if you've said it in our conversation, but before um, we hit record today, you had given us some guidance in um, being careful not to hold in the fire, right? Right. I wrote that down. I took some. That's that's what he told me um, when I first started learning from him. He said, you know, I can, I can tell the way that people move through life by the way they do Tai Chi and you hold in your fire and it's just going to be destructive on the inside. Fire is destructive. If we, you know, we're worried that it's going to be destructive if we release it without that control. But if you just hold it in for that fear of being too destructive, you're just going to be destructive internally. And I was like, Oh my God. God." (laughs) Aggression always comes from life. Aggression always comes from fear. So if you're afraid there's aggression there. The question, where's that aggression going? And energy always manifests naturally. Energy always moves and always has to express. So it's either, you're either hurting someone else or you're hurting yourself. Mm-hmm. And so if you are afraid, there's going to be aggression. That's why I say make peace with that fear and understand where that energy is. And when you understand it, that is not going to be the fuel anymore. It's going to be your friend. It's going to be dominant energy, confident energy, not mm-hmm. aggra- not aggressive energy. It's going to it goes through a purification process. Think of it like mm-hmm. a, like those different emblems you see in the cartoons when there is like Dexter's laboratory and all these things going around like that. <laughs> so when you know when you're in a balanced individuals and in, individual when you experience fear, when you experience aggression, when you fear experience any kind of uh, unworthiness. It's going to be purified through your body if you're a balanced person. And then it's going mm-hmm. to come out as a confident, positive light. But if you're imbalanced, if you are identifying as the fear, if the fear is your enemy, then it's going to go through those same process. But it's not Dexter. It's a uh, Mandark is a villain. Mm. It's going to turn into something monstrous. You can take even the most positive energy and mm-hmm. it will come out toxic in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see a lot of that too. Mm-hmm. 
I would Thank say you guys so much. Yeah. Wait, Michael's turn. Michael's turn. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, you know, I, I would definitely, you know, kind of what Shahar is saying there, you know, kind of embracing the fear, of it, you know, kind of being comfortable with the fear. I'd say probably one of the best quotes I ever heard was, uh, you know, my dad telling me in my high school graduation about, you know, like if you learn from your mistakes, they're then lessons, right? And so if you can embrace mm-hmm. those barriers, if you can embrace those speed bumps and actually look at them in a positive light of, this is something that I've learned from. This is something that I can improve from. You know, it's, it's very, very different than when you start to bring in that judgment of, oh, I messed up, you know, like now I'm kind of retreating and kind of holding that fire inward. So how are we manifesting and how are we learning from those barriers rather than allowing them to kind of keep us down? Love it. Oh, I like that. Boom. Oh, so, mic drop. Mic so drop. By mic. So many <laughs> mic drops. We're going to have to buy all new mics. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to do that with a headphone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome if you did that. Yeah. <laughs> Very masculine. I like it. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us today. I would love to, of course, have you back. We so much enjoyed this conversation, took so many notes. Um, I'm, yes, I'm intrigued to pay more attention, uh, to the masculine energy as it's, um, you know, maybe, maybe I did let the pendulum swing a little bit too much into the feminine. So thank you for bringing this to us. Um, anything else, Emily? Uh, no, I think, um, that's great. We're going to link, uh, all of Michael's information and we'll link Shahar's information in the show notes in case you want to reach out and talk to them further, um, maybe get some, you know, great therapy or get punched in the face or both. One stop shopping I think the best is to come to me, get punched, go to Michael, talk about it. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. Punch. I, <laughs> I, I got to add the Michael part onto it. I, I think it's very, it's been very therapeutic for me to get punched in the face by you. Uh, <laughs> you know, once a month or so. (laughs) More therapeutic than people might think. (laughs) It is. It really is. But in that case, Michael is really, you know, jokes aside, Michael is really a fantastic source of energy when it comes to therapy because he's very well-rounded and very, like, there is no other person like Michael in this world. And I feel anyone who gets to work with him and to work through these things is really lucky. So definitely everybody who's listening should reach out to Michael if you need to go over something, if you are afraid of your own emotions, if you want to cultivate your own emotions, you want to be ambitious, you want to be driven, you want to heal things, Michael is a powerful healer out there in the world, and I'm happy he's out there. That's so your much. dude. I, I love it. That. Yeah, and thank you so yeah. much for having me here. I've, I've definitely enjoyed it. And just to kind of piggyback and give you some compliments as well, Shahar, a lot of the things that, you know, like I do implement and, you know, some of the practices I did learn from, you know, Shahar as well. So just as the the joke was, you know, kind of go get punched in the face and then come talk to me. I mean, there's there's definitely <laughs> that if you will. So, you know, the, I mean, the ultimate <laughs> display of masculine bro love. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> we, we could probably do a course together, kind of a man retreat or something or masculine energy retreat whoever you know what i will never push away i will never push away an emily person who wants to punch someone in the face and then talk about it like come in yeah we can do a retreat (laughs) with an ice bath we go through fighting and sparring and we have some sessions talking and overcoming some fears and then punching again like that nice little group therapy session around the fire or something like that i'm totally down that sounds great campfire (laughs) needs to be in there for sure 
Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. Uh, we're going to invite our listeners to continue this conversation with us inside of the Conscious Collaboration Collective on uh, Facebook and our close and private group. Um, so you can find the link to that in the description as well. And um, that will we'll end it for today, but hope to continue this uh, again in the future. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you. More more ideas to come. I have plenty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, guys. Talk to you in five. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you all so much for listening to our podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends so they can join our circle of collaboration on this journey. You can find us on Instagram at Conscious Collaboration Podcast, on Spotify, iTunes, and Audible, to name a few. Please join us next time for another deep dive into how you can live life in more alignment, mind, body, and business. Send us your questions and comments in our DMs or email us at ConsciousCollaborationPodcast at gmail.com. See you in five minutes.